Welcome to episode number 45 of the Anthony John Amos podcast. This is another Sunday Sermon Edition. And today we're going to be talking about the power of persistent prayer. Now, if you're anything like me, maybe you've been wondering, like, how in the world can anyone pray without ceasing? Like, what does that even mean? Well, I may have figured out, and I'm going to explain in this episode, and more importantly, I'm going to share how it applies to you breaking through to a new level of freedom, purpose, and success. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amex podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, welcome back. If you like what I'm throwing at you on this podcast every single week, make sure you check out Shift 101 for more of this transformational content every single week. I host a free live training on Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time inside that Facebook community to help coaches and course creators destroy mental blocks, embody their greatest potential, and unlock riches in their life and business. It's 100% free to join that community. Simply head on over to ajamix.com community to request to join. Again, just go to ajamix.com community to join and get access to an entire library of life-changing trainings. Now, let's get into today's topic, the power of persistent prayer. I hope you're ready for a deep dive today because I have a feeling we're going to be diving down the rabbit hole a bit on this one, so you better buckle up. Growing up in the Church of Christ, I always heard the preacher talk about this concept of praying without ceasing. Like in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, verses 16 through 18, the Apostle Paul wrote, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. Now, I always remember hearing that verse and thinking to myself, like, what, what is that? What does that even mean? Like, does this mean to be like in the church praying all the time? Like, does this mean to just do nothing and just be praying to God like all of the time? I mean, like who in the world has time for that? And it sounds extremely boring. And like growing up, I didn't see anybody who seemed to be praying without ceasing. Like, sure, I saw people pray. I saw them pray at church or funerals or whatever. I had an understanding of asking this, like, God up in some place in heaven to guide, guard, and protect me. But the idea of praying without ceasing, uh, that never really uh, landed for me for many, many, many years. And no one really had an answer for me on this either. So essentially, I just kind of discounted a bit and I just kind of moved on with my life. Yet for some reason or another, like scripture has stuck with me over the years. And it's not like I studied it forever. Like I've never gone to seminary or anything like that. Yet it seems to be ingrained into who I am a bit. And the older I get, the more I study spirituality and other world religions and philosophies, the more I just like absolutely love scripture from the Bible and the more it just like makes sense to me. And more importantly, the more it becomes very practical to creating real-world results like money, peace, and connection. E. Stanley Jones and Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome, which, by the way, I have no clue who the dude is, or uh, the book that he wrote, but I did want to give him credit for what I'm about to share. Well, E. Stanley Jones is quoted as saying, Prayer is surrender. Surrender to the will of God in cooperation with that will. If I threw out a boat hook from the boat and catch hold of the shore and pull, do I pull the shore to me? Or do I pull myself to the shore? Prayer is not pulling God to my will, but the aligning of my will to the will of God. Like when I found this illustration online, like it really, really spoke to me. Especially this concept of prayer is not pulling God to my will, 
but the aligning of my will to the will of God. And for whatever reason, like I've always had this pulling within me, like this feeling within me that I wanted to do the will of God here on earth. And if we remember back to what, you know, Thessalonians here, first Thessalonians, like the will of God's pretty simple. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing and give thanks. You know, like this kind of makes a lot of sense, like gratitude and being happy and, and, and joyous, right? Now, for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to do God's will. And maybe you feel like that or maybe you feel like something similar. Maybe you're here today listening to this podcast because you know you want to make an impact on this planet and you want to make a great income doing that in the process. Or maybe you're wondering, well, what is even the will of God? Well, I believe the will of God is pretty darn simple. It's unconditional love. It's service unto others. And this looks like different things for different people depending upon their unique purpose. Meaning, depending upon what human experience their soul came to this earth to experience. Now, I don't believe that it's an arrival point. Instead, it's this constant evolution and expansion of one's human potential and their capacity to love all parts of themselves and others unconditionally. I've come to the realization that the only way to do the will of God, consciousness, spirit, universe, whatever name you want to call it, that thing that's way beyond you, is to seek its will. And when you do, you start to experience more and more freedom and joy on a day-to-day basis. And you seem to make more money if that's your aim. And you make more money with less struggle because it's like opportunities are brought to you as long as you're doing what's required of you. And you seem to have more fulfilling relationships with people and employees and contractors who are just like incredible human beings. It's like you're actually fueled by being around these people rather than feeling like relationships are a drain to you. Now, there are three things that I want to share with you today that will help you bring your will into alignment with the will of God's. Yet, before I share those things with you today, I feel it's really important we talk about the principle of the paradox on this concept of God's will for your life, and here's why. On one hand, you are God. Like, you're a soul. Science is proven. Everything on earth is energy, from a bird to a rock to air to us. Like, everything is energy. I like to think of this as our soul, our light, our love, right? And then on the other hand, you are certainly a physical body. I mean, made of bones and blood, right? Like a physical body. So it's very apparent that you are God and also your ego. Now, a lot of people say the ego is bad and the ego will destroy you. Yet I'd have you consider that you're both. And power is found when you're doing your ego rather than your ego doing you. So when I hear E. Stanley Jones say that we must align our will to the will of God, what I hear him saying is we must align our ego's will with the will of the God within us and the will of the God outside of us. Now, why am I saying to align our ego's will with the will of God within us and the will of God outside of us? Well, number one, because we all have an ego and it's our greatest gift to every single one of us because it gives us the gift of our own individual human experience. I mean, without it, how could we truly have a human experience? Like, how could we experience free will and be on this journey of remembering who we truly are, the soul in control? And number two, because we certainly have God's spirit, you know, source, highest self, whatever you want to call it, living inside of us. And that thing is also in everything outside of us as well, like the trees, the grass, the rocks, like movies, songs, etc., So that's why I say the God within us and the God outside of us. And I'm learning the more I open myself up to receive messages from the God within and also the God without, 
I'm in a state where I can pray without ceasing. Now, let me try to make more sense of this. When I choose to be present in this moment, I can feel the truth of God within me guiding me. Some may call this the Holy Spirit or the highest self or the voice or something of that nature. And when I choose to be present in this moment, I can also feel the truth of the God outside of me guiding me, like through the trees and the grass and the rocks and animals and movies and like songs. And to be clear, like I'm not special. I believe every single human being on the planet has the guidance of the God within and without guiding them in every single moment. And all it takes is one's awareness to listen to this guidance. I'm at a place in my life where this awareness is like what I believe the Apostle Paul was talking about in 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 16 through 18. When Paul said to pray without ceasing. I think this is like living in alignment with the will of God. And to take it even further, I believe this is what Jesus was trying to say when he said, seek first the kingdom of heaven. It's seeking that divine guidance in each and every moment and listening to it and taking action on the guidance that you're receiving. Now, this also ties into one's faith in themselves and in their God. And when you're plugged into this inner knowing, this inner guidance, like a whole new level of freedom and purpose and success really starts to open up for you. And I see this time and time again with my clients. So how can you do this? It's a great question. The first part is to pray always. Like prayer is nothing more than a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God. Now, this means to pray indicates you have a relationship with God. Now, most people make a huge mistake attempting to make a request or give thanks to this bearded man who apparently lives in the sky. And while that illustration of God was perfect for someone when they're three or four or five years old, it's not so empowering when you're 25 or 35 or 45 or older. Like, you know, for many years, I was a bit upset with the church. I was like, why can't they grow up? Why can't they like seek some spiritual meat like the Apostle Paul talked about? Like, I just couldn't understand it. And then one day I had a revelation about this. Like all things, like spirituality has levels to it. One's relationship with God is kind of like learning mathematics. Now, if you hate math, hang with me for a second because I'll make this make sense. Think about it. You can't do calculus if you don't know how to multiply and divide. You can't multiply and divide if you can't do fractions. You can't do fractions if you don't know how to count. And you can't even count if you don't know what numbers even are. Are you seeing this? So what does this have to do with one's relationship to God, consciousness, source, universe, or whatever? Well, if one doesn't know a God outside of themselves even exists, a.k.a. this big man in the sky picture, how can one truly start to develop and deepen a relationship with that part of themselves? You see, most people stop studying and exploring and connecting and questioning and deepening that relationship with that part of themselves because they buy into the shoulds and shouldn'ts or the rights and wrongs of their culture and their conditioned worldviews. You know, like I feel like my upbringing in the conservative Church of Christ really gave me a great foundation for understanding the deeper meanings of spirituality and my connection to source. It was like I had mastered adding and subtracting. And then I moved on to like studying Methodism, which was like mastering multiplication. And then I moved into like reading and studying Buddhism, which was kind of like being introduced to algebra. 
and I kept studying and kept questioning and kept exploring. And as a result, my connection to God, to source, to universe, led me into meditation and plant medicine and breath work. And now it's like calculus. Now, have I arrived? No way. Not by any means. I mean, there's so much more to learn. And I'm committed to the path of mastery, which is a lifelong journey. Now, when it comes to relationships, understand like there's no end point. There's only an ever-ending deepening of the level of connection and intimacy of that relationship. And it's that deepening of that connection and intimacy that brings even more levels of freedom, more levels of joy and peace and happiness into this human experience. You know, my wife and I, we were driving through Argyle, Texas just last weekend. We were looking at a home that we wanted to purchase. And we passed by this Jehovah's Witness church and all of a sudden a thought entered my mind. I looked over at my wife and I said, hey, babe, I just realized like the more radical and fundamentally conservative or religion is, the poorer, more broken the people seem to be on average. Like I just saw that Jehovah's Witness church back there and looking back on my life, the people whom I've personally met in extremely conservative religions seem to make a lot less money and be a lot less happy and free than those who are a lot more spiritually connected to God or source or whatever. And when I said that, it just kind of made a lot of sense to me. Now, I'm sure saying this, this is going to create uh, a bit of anger or frustration in someone. And to be clear, I'm not saying that it's an absolute statement. My intention isn't to offend anyone, yet I could see how it certainly can. Yet it's just a simple observation from my personal life. So just take what you get from it. If it serves you, great. If it doesn't, great. My point is this. Prayer is nothing more than the act of communicating with God's spirit, source, universe, or whatever name you want to call it. And communication is a two-way street. So create time to ask empowering questions and create time to listen. Create time on a daily basis to truly listen to the God within you and the God outside of you. In Psalms 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. As you read books, listen. As you walk, listen. As you stew over difficult decisions, listen. One-way communication in a relationship, I guarantee you, is a sure way to never have a solid relationship, ever. Like there's going to be rifts and tears and strife and struggle. A great relationship consists of two people talking and listening to one another. And your relationship with God requires you to talk and listen moment by moment by moment. And it also requires you to bring value into that relationship. And going back to the fundamental conservative religion thing that I shared, my experience has been many of those people are takers, meaning they go to God to take, to get something. And going back to my illustration about mathematics, I can see this. Do children not live in the second phase of life, which is life happens to me? Are not most children living in victim consciousness? Now, this podcast is not for those people living in victim consciousness. This podcast is for those who are living in the third phase of life. Life happens by me. They are taking radical responsibility for their results or their lack thereof, and they have a deep desire to move into living into more of the fourth phase of life, which is life happens through me. And I'm here to tell you that the only way that I've currently found to dance between phase three and phase four of life is to be open to listening to the God within and the God without, heeding its divine guidance and bringing value into that relationship. 
And the value that you bring into that relationship is the feeling of gratitude for this life. It is the feelings of joy for this gift of life and also seeking and expressing the will of God. And that's highly valuable because God wants to experience life as you. God has a will to experience the human potential and unconditional love as you. And the gift is different from person to person. And that's why God wants to experience life as you. If he or she didn't, God could have just stayed in the form of pure consciousness, but he or she didn't. God chose to come to earth as you and have a unique human experience with a unique human purpose known as your life. And this, my friend, is the first thing you must understand when it comes to praying without ceasing. Now, the second thing you must understand when it comes to the power of persistent prayer is to never give up, like ever. In Luke 18, Jesus tells a story about a persistent widow starting in chapter 18, verse 2. He says, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to the judge and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give them justice to them speedily. Now, how often are we not like this woman in the story? I mean, how often are we not persistent in pursuing the things that are on our hearts because we get caught up in the stories and meanings that we attach to life? Like, you probably know what I mean. Things like, I don't want to be a bother. I don't want to pester. I mean, they're probably too busy for me anyway. I mean, I don't want to put them out. Like, I could go on with these stories and meanings that we create. And hopefully this is landing for you. For most people, the moment they encounter a little bit of resistance, like they create stories and meanings, they start taking it personally and start to doubt what they originally felt God had called them to do. See, part of this praying game is understanding prayer is more than a simple conversation with the God within you and the God outside of you. Now, that's certainly a big part of it. Martin Luther is quoted as saying, pray as if everything depends on God, then work as if everything depends upon you. Now, what is this work he speaks of? I've certainly found that it's not working 800 hours a day and grinding my face into the ground. I've tried that. I've created what some may call quote-unquote success, and ultimately, I was pretty darn miserable. So what is really this work that he speaks of? Well, I'd have you consider that it's the thinking and feeling that the desire that is on your heart is done. It is the never giving up on it is done. See, so many people, they go after things that are not from their hearts. They are not from the will of God. Instead, they are the desires from their egos. When someone is attempting to create results from this place, they're essentially attempting to pull God to their will. So don't make that mistake. Stay woke. Stay plugged in. And as one of my favorite authors, Neville Goddard, says, feeling is the secret. And you know, he's right. Being persistent in the feeling that the desire of your heart is done. That is the huge part of the work Martin Luther is talking about. So keep your line of communication open to the God within you and outside of you. Heed its advice. 
Get clear on what its will for your life is. And when you're clear on that, never give up on that desire. Be like the woman in Jesus' story who kept coming to the judge and know that God will respond to your persistent prayers much faster than the unjust judge responded to the woman. Now, the third and final part to the power of persistent prayer and praying without ceasing is to keep the faith. Now, let's be honest. It's easy to keep the faith, like truly believe in your core of cores that it is done on a sunny day when everything's going right. The real question is, is can you keep that way of thinking and feeling at a core level when you don't sense an answer? Can you keep that way of thinking and feeling when you get punched in the face? Can you trust God's spirit universe with the outcome like no matter what happens? Can you be like Job and if everything that you have is taken from you? Could you say the words that Job said in Job 121, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like, can you really step into and fully embody that level of faith in God and that level of faith in yourself? Like, could you really choose to drop your self-created stories and meanings and drop into that place of being the neutral, natural observer chooser? The big thing to understand about this is that God's timetable is not the same timetable as that that our egos would like for us to use. In 2 Peter 3.8, it says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. See, the thing about the God within you is that it can be a lot slower than our ego would like because it's always working on what's truly best for our soul's evolution and expansion. Like it's always working on what is perfect for our own soul's purpose in this lifetime. Only always. So trust in its perfect divine timing. I'd be willing to bet that if you look back on your life at some point when you thought about some hard experience that was like, man, this is the worst thing ever. Like probably now looking back at it objectively, you could probably see how it's probably a blessing in disguise. And after working with hundreds of high-performing individuals, I have yet to encounter an instance in their lives where no matter what has happened, there wasn't a lesson. There wasn't a gift for their purpose, their power, their peace in this lifetime. So understand the power of persistent prayer comes down to three things. Number one, pray always. Number two, never give up. And number three, keep the faith always. Now, I know if you follow these three steps and learn how to pray without ceasing, you'll start to experience more synchronicities in life and you'll be able to accomplish a lot more with a whole lot less struggle and a lot less effort. In Matthew 11, verses 28, verses 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So my invitation to you this day is this. Where in your life are you attempting to pull the will of God into your own ego's will? And how is this creating more struggle and unhappiness in your own life and business? And what may be possible for you if you choose to instead align your will with God's will. So my friend, that's going to do it for this episode of the Anthony John Amos podcast. This is exactly the kind of topic that I'm constantly talking about in my Facebook community called Shift 101. 
I mean, it could be really hard to find a community of like-minded people who are working towards similar goals. So if you want to join the conversation over there, it's absolutely free. Simply head on over to ajamix.com community and click that join button. Thank you so much for being here today. Until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to ajamix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. Bye for now.